podcast where bad bitches read romance. I'm Jess. And I'm Kat. And today we'll be discussing Boyfriend Material by Alexis Hall. But before we get into the book, we'd like to remind you to rate and subscribe on your preferred podcast platform and follow us on social media. You can find us on, on Instagram at the Pod and on Twitter at PHXPod. You can also email us at the Phoenix Nest Podcast pod at gmail.com. I'm never going to get it right. It's fine. The links to that as long as well as our social media can be found in the description below. And you can also find our Goodreads link and the link to our favorite local independent bookstore, Mostly Books. And now to Boyfriend Material, our last book of the year. Uh, Kat, how did you feel about Boyfriend Material? I was surprisingly pleased with it. Right. I did not dig the writing style for the first like quarter of it. I had a hard time with it. It was very adult lemony snicket. Yeah. And that's a good way to put it. It was I think it was annoying because it made sense. But my brain couldn't keep it in. Because it was like too much thought about a simple thought. Yeah. It reminded me of how we talk <laughs> a lot of the time. Like long story short. This is what we're getting to. Awesome. Um, but we'll start with the blurb and yeah, go, uh, for go from there. All right. Wanted one fake boyfriend, practically perfect in every way. Luke O'Donnell is tangentially and reluctantly famous. His rock star parents split when he was young, and the father he's never met spent the next 20 years cruising in and out of rehab. Now that his dad's making a comeback, Luke's back in the public eye, and one compromising photo is enough to ruin everything. To clean up his image, Luke has to find a nice, normal relationship, and Oliver Blackwood is as nice and normal as they come. He's a barrister and an ethical vegetarian, and he's never inspired a moment of scandal in his life. In other words, perfect boyfriend material. Unfortunately, apart from being gay, single, and really, really in need of a date for a big event, Luke and Oliver have nothing in common, so they strike a deal to be publicity-friendly fake boyfriends until the dust is settled. Then they can go their separate ways and pretend it never happened. But the thing about fake dating is that it can feel a lot like real dating, and that's when you get used to someone. Start falling for them. Don't ever want to let them go. Okay, so. That's a good summary. Like, as far as blurbs go, that's pretty darn good. Yeah, it yeah. was. Um, so, we all know my enemies to lovers love my second love. Which I haven't liked. Yeah, you <laughs> you haven't I've liked them. I've rated them pretty low. Um, this is fake dating, and fake dating is one of my other favorite tropes. I love it, because it always leads to real dating, and then everyone is like, but how did that happen? And we're going, um, here are all the ways that it happened. And they're beautiful and great, and I love them. Um, so, a little bit about this is that um, Luke has essentially a bad image of in public, you know, publicity because his father is who his father is. And he is about to be fired from his charity job. <laughs> from crap. From crap. It's, it's so good. It's his charity job where he does fundraising for dung beetles. Um, yeah, and he, he says it's, like, the only place that would hire him because he's brought such shame <laughs> onto his own name. And it's because he, like, went through a really serious relationship and a really awful breakup and then decided to just do whatever the fuck he wanted. 
which meant partying and hookups. And, and in the, the worst part of it is that this relationship, this guy that he was with, sold his story. Which is so creepy. And rude. It's awful. Um, so he is basically told he needs to turn his life around by his boss. And the one way he thinks of doing that, and it's actually his co-worker who comes up with the idea, to get a fake boyfriend until everything is smoothed over. And then he goes to his friends, and his friends are like, actually, it's a great idea. I know this other gay man you should be with. And he's like, but wait... <laughs> I've met him what twice. What do we have in common? And they're like, you're gay. <laughs> I've, met, I've met him twice, and he doesn't like me, kind of a thing. Um, and so they come to an understanding that they're going to do this thing, and so they do. And it went okay in some aspects, and others it was a little bit of a, a tragedy. Uh, we've got some interesting characters in this one. Um, we had some of the most fun characters we've read in a ever. long time. Alex Twaddle is a hot God. mess. <laughs> I don't want him to have his own book, though. No. It would be just a shit show of a book. He, he doesn't. God, he is amazing. Doesn't know anything. At one point, they go out to the the club, which is like we would think of it as like a dance club. It's like an old gentleman's club in London, and they go to this club, and he forgets that he's not the one who's dating Oliver <laughs> because originally he suggested he could do it. And that his, his maybe fiancé wouldn't mind. They don't even know if they're engaged. They're and, like, like, someone asks them at one point, are you engaged? Did you set a date yet? And she just goes, yeah, the 18th. Not of what? And they, they're not officially engaged. They're just like, I guess we are. She, they, well, they ask We've her. We've been together a while. The, the, <laughs> the paparazzi are like, when's the date? She says the 18th. And he goes, the 18th of what? She goes, yes. <laughs> okay. And her name is Miffy, which is short for Clara. It's just, they're just such a special version of person. There, there's uh, Reese Reese Jones, Reese Bowen Jones, or Reese Jones Bowen, or whatever his name is. Yeah. There's um, James, the James Royce Royces. God, that's one of my favorite things in this book. Is that they're both named James Royce and they got married, so now they're the James they Royce Hyperlays. <laughs> so good. And you can't ever tell which one is which. It's just James Joy, James Royce Royce. One's like a hipster chef. <laughs> And then there's Priya. So funny. Priya, the lesbian they're friends with because of her truck. (laughs) Oh, God. It's just, it's so good. They're some of the best characters in this book. I enjoyed the characters. I will say that. I legitimately laughed out loud at some of Alex Twaddle. Because I can't handle him. Like, they start talking about something that has to do with law, and then he starts talking about how, you know, oh, such a pest. And he's talking about, like, groundhogs. And he's like, yeah, that's what my dad complains about all the time. Badgers. They're talking about badgers. badgers. And I was like, what? (laughs) (laughs) Did it make any sense? But then he ends up, like, always trying his best. And, like, you can't tell how old he is. He calls everyone old bean. (laughs) He calls his his kind of fiancé old girl. It's so fucking funny. And she's, like, famous, but she doesn't even know why she's famous. No. And then... Alex keeps an aloe vera in the... In the drawer, in the, which makes no sense. In the filing cabinet, because Reese is always burning himself on the coffee that he doesn't know how to make. Like, he just forgets. And poor Luke is like, I'm surrounded by idiots. And, I mean, he is, but this is also exactly what you would expect at 
a very scientific-based charity. Because his boss has zero fucks to give. She fully believes that these dumb beetles are more important than people's lives. And she's just not very nice as a person. So they tell him, like, listen, you need to clean up your image, which is weird because he's not in charge of social media. He's in charge of getting donors. And, like, some of the donors have backed out because of the latest article about him where he literally fell. (laughs) And they're like, he's on a bender. (laughs) He's He's, fucked. He fell face first into a gutter while wearing lace bunny ears. (laughs) So, so good. He's um, just got this this life where he's just kind of bumbling along, and everyone is like, "You're a mess." And he's like, "Yeah, yeah, well, kind of what do you want me to do about it?" And he kind of hides behind that a lot. Yeah, but um, he just is a disaster. He's told, "Listen, clean up your image, get us our donors back, or you know, you're you're gonna get fired." And throughout the entire book, he. It, our author, like we call, makes light of this, but it is something that's very, very real, is this casual homophobia, where it's okay to make fun of it, and it's okay to point it out, but it's not okay <laughs> to do what these people are doing. And he's like, well, I mean, that's just how they are. It's like, but that's not a good enough reason. The casual homophobia and the weird everyone thinking that Luke is racist against the Welsh people. Because he keeps complaining about needing to go to Wales <laughs> because it's far. <laughs> They're like, you know, not everyone from there is the same. And like all this stuff, and I'm like, oh my god, oh god. And then he's, you know, Reese is the one who's from Wales, and he's got the the Welsh um, vegan friend who's got the vegan pop up. Yeah, and he's like, I didn't know you had a vegan friend. And he was like, not everyone from Wales are meat eaters, and he's like. Okay. <laughs> yeah, everyone gets like real offended. Real offended. <laughs> and it's so, it's just so funny. It adds to the comedy. We've got his mom who I'm just like. She's French and she, <laughs> she always shrugs in a very French way. And she always calls him like my love. Mon, <laughs> can, mon canton. <laughs> mon chien. And, and it's it, like, oh my god. It's just like, she's got this crazy friend who has a she's bunch of... She's a recluse. Spaniels, and it's just, there's a lot going on, and the characters really, 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 like, are what made the book. It kind of brings forward the embarrassing shit about your family. Yes. That you don't tell people about, and then one day it comes out, and you're like, oh, yeah, I didn't mention that. It's you trying to be the normal one. And that's exactly what he's dealing with, but with literally everyone in his life. Well, it doesn't help that he's got famous parents. No, it doesn't help. And part of the problem is, like, so he works for a foundation that isn't generally for famous people, but they need wealthy people. And usually Mm -hmm. wealthy and famous go together. Yep. And so his whole job is to, like, make sure Dr. Fairclough doesn't offend everybody by talking about how much beetles are better than humans (laughs) and how they're, like, they're really important, all this stuff, right? But then as we go through there, we're finding that the people who are rich are also acting very much like his own parents. Like, you have the eccentric, rich, lesbian couple mm-hmm. who I would say would easily be friends with his mother, right? Yeah. Because they're, like, weird. Like, not, I don't want to say weird. They're just very out there. Well, the one... And the one, the one woman's name is Kimberly Pickles. <laughs> Well, and she's got clearly a Cockney accent based on the writing. <laughs> and then, well, and then it's like her wife is so angry that she's giving money to this. She's like, "Why? 
why are you doing this? And she like voices like, I don't understand why you're why you're giving money to shit beetles. Like they eat poop. But why? then they kind of like like he Luke explains that like on the ethics scale, mm-hmm. saving the dumb beetle puts you way above everyone else. And that's how he gets some of his some of some all of his friends, friends to show up because he's like, Don't you wanna like win the ethics? Fight <laughs> because they're horrible, mean, yeah. awful lawyers. Yeah, and because she's like a big time lawyer, and so that's like so that's the one version of the people you'll see there is the ones who are there because fuck it, it's a beetle. Who doesn't want to say they donated to a beetle foundation? And then you have the other side, which are people that like are really pompous. Yeah, they like seem like they care, but they're actually pompous, which would be like his dad's side. Uh huh. Where like his dad was on a good show of being like caring. And a great mentor on the reality show he's on. But he's... But he's still a giant dick. He's a massive dick. John Fleming. I, I hated John giant Fleming. Giant asshole. So the whole, the whole point is, he's got these famous parents. He right. doesn't know his dad. His dad walked out when he was three. He's very close to his mother, who is French. And that's all they talk about is she's a French woman kind of a thing. And one day, his mom calls. They're actually supposed to... Luke and Oliver are supposed to go and have brunch at Oliver's house. And he gets a call from his mom, you have to get here immediately, kind of thing. And he gets there, he cancels the date, he gets there, and his dad is there. And his dad lets him know he has cancer. And we it was, first of all, a terrible trick on his mother's part. Yeah. To get him there. Just for that. For an emergency. Because she knew he wouldn't show up if she was like, your father is here and wants to meet you face to face. Like, that's not a thing. He would be like, oh, okay. That's nice. Yeah. Where was he? So that was low of her. For 25 years, kind of a thing. And um, he decides, you know, his dad wants to have a relationship with him. He feels terrible because he's about to die. And so Luke tries to have a relationship with his father. It never works. It never works because his dad is a pompous asshole. And he doesn't make the time ever. You know, they go out to meet him and... He's filming and it's like five hours that they're like... Hanging around and like kind of in the way, and, and then, then he, they fight, and it's like he won't oh my take God. he won't take ownership of the fact that he left them. He's like, I'm I can understand how you feel, kind of a thing, and and Luke's just like, no, you don't get it. And that's when Oliver kind of comes to his defense, and he points out like, oh God, I wish I remember the line about you are telling the truth, but you're not being truthful. Yeah. And that's such a huge distinction that I wasn't expecting in this book based on the the comedy parts. Mm-hmm. But it is very true. Like, you may say you're coming from a place of understanding, but that doesn't show that you understand that you hurt someone. Yeah. Like, those are two very separate thoughts. And that's, like, the same thing as apologizing to say the words versus apologizing to, 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 mean, to mean them. You know? And that's something that's really, really difficult. And I think Oliver brings that out very well and in a very successful way. And I just, I honestly don't understand how they would want to meet John Fleming again. Yeah, Because he meets him, what, two times, three times or something? Well, he's supposed to meet him in London. And he doesn't show. That he doesn't show up, and he goes to his mom, and his mom's like, oh, that's because he doesn't actually have cancer. He found out, surprise, he can still be a dick. Yeah, and so he goes back to being a dick. Like, it was it was all superficial on his dad's part. But Which is disgusting, but also not a surprise. Not at all. Because didn't we read... We read another book with a famous parent, right? 
the Casino Warrior one? Um, yes. Yeah. And that, but that was, I mean, it's a different twice, twist. Twice in a blue moon. Yeah. But he was also one who was in it for the fame and yeah. the appearance versus the actual wanting to be a good person. Yeah. And his wasn't even that. It was like, I'm dying, so I should come to terms with this thing. And his, his mom, she only wrote and produced that one album, and they've been living off the royalties for it. Which I think is amazing. And, yeah. like, good for her. She also, God, she cracks me up because she... Her special curry. <laughs> well, there's that, because that did not sound good. No. But then she also says, um, she'll throw in, like, oh, well, as Mick used to say, and it's like, for a second, I'm like, who's Mick? And I'm like, oh my god, Mick Jagger. <laughs> like, that's who she's referencing. Or David Bowie was the other one. There's another one. There's a couple of them that she references. Just and you're just like, so funny. who is she talking about? And then you realize who she's talking about, and you're going, oh, shit. You're like, oh yeah, that makes sense because of the time frame. Well, and she does it in such an offhand way. Like, yeah. it's just a flippin', oh yeah, Mick used to say, and you're like, Mick, Mick oh, oh! She, and she goes, David Bowie wasn't gay. He was just very pretty. <laughs> okay. There were a lot of like backhanded um, pop culture references in this. Yeah. That I loved. They were good. They were written in there kind of sneakily. Because it wasn't like a her making a show of it. No. She's just like, because she's like a recluse. So she has like one friend. And so she's like, well, you know, so and so used to say this. Oh my God. When. She invites Luke and Oliver over for the special curry and to watch Drag Race. Just that was. It sounds like a good time. The first of all, funniest. But also, the argument over how do we now make this curry vegetarian? Do we strain the vegetables out, or do we take out the beef? Do we take the like, meat out? Oh no! Like neither. And then there's but then there's bananas. In the curry? Oh, God. I'm sorry. They're sweet curries, and they're delicious. Like, Well, and he makes the point. He's but like, not bananas. He's like, you can do it, but it's they have to complement each other. The flavors have to count. This isn't it. And I think the whole thing with um, Luke, because Luke is very embarrassed by his mother and her weirdness. But, like, in a sweet, like, well, that's mom. Yeah. Way. And, like... And then, Ugh, yeah. And then Oliver's parents, he makes a lot of excuses for them. And I think they. His parents were way worse than Luke's parents. His dad sucked. Fuck. Both, like, fuck both of their dads. It's so funny because, okay, so they go to their garden party, their Ruby anniversary. Oh, whatever. And it's like a big deal or whatever. And so it starts out that, like, his brother's being a dick, so then they have to apologize because they're arguing. And then his parents. Oliver's parents are just being total assholes. And Luke, I think, in Luke's mind, he was like, I'm going to stick up for my boyfriend. And then instead, he, like, panics and tells everyone to fuck off and runs away. <laughs> and he's out of shape. <laughs> so Oliver catches up to him because they are very different, like, opposites attract. Because oh, definitely. He, um, so Luke is a hot mess. He's got a, he's got a disgusting apartment. He never has clean clothes. He doesn't remember when his sheets were changed he's last. He's terrible at, like, normal human being things. He's terrible at adulting. He's a 16-year-old. Yes. In it's a 28-year-old body. <laughs> it's so bad. And, like, even his friends are like, dude, what? What's happening? Well, he here? invites his friends over to help him clean because he needs to impress Oliver. And Oliver is, he's got his life together. He's a barrister. He's, you know, a lawyer or whatever. And 
he has a very clean apartment and he makes he's like the ultimate grown up and he's like he's ethically a vegetarian because of ethics and shit and Luke is just kind of like uh huh kind of a thing and he's just doing his best he's feeling diminished quickly yes but I think that their parents had a lot to do with who they were as adults, obviously. Like, yeah, because I think for Oliver, like, their success, his success was their success. But they weren't happy enough with him. It was, oh, God, it was just one thing. After, if it wasn't his shirt, it was his, his boyfriend choices or his food choices or whether or not he was in shape enough. And, like, him being ridicule. You know, because they were taught, you know, he's got his brother and his brother is married and they don't want children and their parents are convinced that they're going to have children because obviously Oliver can't because he's a, what did they call him? A fucking bender. And I'm like, oh no, in front of the entire party. And it's awful. And I fully agree with Luke standing up for him. It wasn't in the best way, but it was an effective way. He tried. And he says to Oliver, literally they use your sexuality as a punchline. Yeah. And and Oliver just keeps being like, well, they're okay with my sexuality, so they're just, you know, they're just having fun. And it's like, mm, but here's that casual... <laughs> casual homophobia. Yeah, it's casual homophobia again. And you, unfortunately, see that a lot throughout the book, but it does mimic real life. Yeah. Because a lot of times people will be like, I don't mean to be offensive, but are you gay? Or, like, stuff like that. And it's like, okay, first, that's not an offensive question unless you're saying it in a degrading way. Like, if someone says, are you a faggot? Probably that's degrading. Please don't ever say that to me. I have had to explain multiple times to my students that using faggot as a term of endearment doesn't exist as a thing. No, it's not a thing. Because when you're a 13-year-old boy, you say whatever you want, and then you have to relearn. Yeah, you have to relearn. To not do that. Stop doing it. It's bad. But they feel like their opposites attract was just the right amount of opposites attract. Right. Luke gave Oliver the opportunity to be a little crazy. Like, he makes him the bacon sandwich. He's like, you didn't buy the bacon, so it doesn't count as an ethics issue. I bought the bacon. And, you know, and then Oliver kind of helps Luke understand that he's depressed and has had kind of a shit life and he needs to get his act together and be a better person. Yeah. And you see him, because at the beginning when he's talking to all Alex Twaddle, and he's just like, no, because he tells a joke every morning to Alex, and Alex never gets it. And he's like, you've missed the punchline. And as the book goes on, you kind of see these jokes, and you see Luke, like, pull back and go, you're right. Just like, appreciating someone for their weirdness. Yeah. And that's, like, a really difficult thing. It's a difficult, like, form of compassion, I think. Yeah. To be like, okay, so they don't get it, but it's still a good time. And not to be mean, but he, at the beginning, was so frustrated every day about how inept everyone around him was. Mm-hmm. And then towards the end, he was realizing, like, these people at work actually aren't so bad. And they actually, like, have skills and have abilities that I need and are doing things that benefit me. Except because they like me. Well, Arba's married to a hot movie star looking dude and we don't understand how and we're afraid to ask is and what the book says. And she's, she likes to scrimp and say it because she's the office manager. She doesn't think that this needs to be an in-person charity event. And he's like, we already printed the invitation. She's so. like, can't they stay home and just send money via phone? <laughs> he's like, no. No, we already told them to come there. 
So it's just a lot of, I don't know, a lot of casual homophobia, which is still not acceptable, but a lot of confronting his own inner demons. Yeah. Well, both of them really, because they're both super insecure in different ways. And a lot of it has to do with body image. Mm -hmm. And that is, unfortunately, in a lot of gay culture, something that's really a big deal. Yeah. Because even within gay culture, there are people who are super mean to each other based on what their body looks like. I get typecast as a butch lesbian because I'm fat and have short hair. Yeah. And Um, then, like... No, I'm not. Thank you. Because the problem, I think, is for a long, long time... There were two two ways to be a lesbian, mm-hmm. and that was kind of it. Feminine butch, that's it. Or maybe granola lesbian oh, would have no. been thrown in there. You know what I mean? Yeah. But then when you look at the male one, the male perspective You're, of that, there's like a billion different things you could be, and yeah. no one's ever good enough at them. A bear, an otter, a twink, all kinds of weather. It's horrible it's things. It's really, really awful because in a community where you're already like facing so much adversity, you're going to make it harder for you? Like, whatever. There's so much bullshit. Because you're not supposed to type what kind of straight people there are. Like, usually it's, like, male-female, right? Yeah. You have, like, super feminine. You have the tomboy. Super, like, bro. Or, what do we call one week? Himbo. (laughs) Himbos. Yeah. So, like, you have those kinds of, like, the spectrum. And then you kind of just have, like, tomboy itch, sensitive man. Yeah. And then that's kind of it. Can I just say that having talked about that, neither one of these fell into a stereotypical gay man. That's what it is. Like, the thing that they talked about the most is that Luke has gay friends. Right. And Oliver has straight friends, and he doesn't understand why Oliver has straight friends and no gay friends. He's like, but why? And Oliver says, like, I felt like I didn't fit in with the people I met when I went to the gay mixer thing in yeah. college. Which makes sense, because, um, I don't know if schools still have gay straight alliance with their GSA stuff. Yeah. Um, it was, I went a few times because I had friends that were gay in high school. I, I mean, I still have friends that are gay, but, like... Obviously, I'm sitting um, across from you. <laughs> yeah, I know. I can, I can name, like, four. Not that that's to impress people. But, like, plenty, right? I can name four. Well, like, off the top of my head, right? <laughs> yeah. 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 But I'm, I know there's more. There's more. But, like, close friends. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> that sounded way worse than it was. I can name four. I can name at least four of my friends. <laughs> in general, which is great. But, um, oh, no, I lost my train. Sorry. No, it just I, came out really weird. It was, so, my thing with it is, is they had the, the you know, the blatant, like, homophobic stuff. Oh, okay. Gay straight lies. <laughs> yeah, that's what you were talking about. But neither one of them fell into a stereotypical gay stereotype. I think they they tried to, I think, was the problem. Because if you look at, like, Luke, he would be like the party gay. Yes. Right? Because mm-hmm. he's, like, going out and getting drunk and, like, doing drugs and hooking up and, like, doing all this stuff. That wasn't his actual self, though. That was no. the problem. Yeah. And Oliver is living this, like, well-put-together, principled life. Yep. And that would be, I would want to say, like, a weird conservative gay. Not not politically, but, like, 
like what you'd expect yeah. from a lawyer. Yeah. He's more of a lawyer than he is a gay man in most of this book, to exactly, be honest. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> and, and, um, and so they don't really fall into the categories like what we just talked about, but they do have some things where it was like they were trying really hard to be those categories. And I don't know. I, there's also like a little bit of a Dom thing going on. That was Oliver. surprising. And even Luke said it was surprising. Like, And then he was like, I don't know what's happening. He's like, are you okay? He's like, I, I guess so. I didn't stop you. <laughs> don't pull out your leathers and make me call you daddy. Oh, and Oliver was like, no. Oliver's fine. <laughs> He's like, Oliver's but fine. But again, we have like that other unexpected twist because never is it addressed who's like top and who's bottom or whatever. And that was good though because I don't think it needed to be addressed. No, and I didn't mind at all that it was fade to black. No. Not because I have an issue reading gay Smut. sex yeah, scenes or whatever, scenes. but just because it wasn't vital to our understanding of their growth as a couple no. or as individuals. No. Whereas in straight people romances, the sex part is generally meant to inform you of something in a weird way, like a weird awakening thing. Yeah. Like you discover well, you're a different person after you have a penis in you. We didn't talk about it in spoiler alert, but their whole sex thing is, oh my god, he does like having sex with a larger woman. Which is frustrating because I've never gotten any complaints. <laughs> and I feel like working on the assumption that people will hate having sex with a larger person is kind of rude. It is rude. But they... So, okay. So it started out that they were just going to fake date. They weren't going to do anything. Right. They were going to run through the paces of fake dating. Yes. And then at some point, Luke realized feelings got involved because it was, I think it was when he started saying, like, Oliver is, like, massaging his temples in this, like, really adorable way <laughs> that meant I frustrated him or something. And I was like, oh, no. He's but not it's, feeling. it's him and how the fake dating works. They've set these boundaries that no matter what, at the end of it, they're going to end it. Because they, it's just, it's serving a purpose. They already have decided they're not meant to be. Mm-hmm. Um, Even and, though it feels real. And that's also confusing because, like, when Luke is explaining the first time he met Oliver at his friend Bridget's work party, and Oliver made some comment about he him wants, being the only other gay in the room, and that's why people are assuming that they were there together. Or that guy asked if they were dating, and Oliver was like, no. The more you get to know the two characters, the more you can clearly see that that was actually him being a smartass mm-hmm. and not him trying to hurt Luke's feelings. Because Oliver is a smartass. He's got a very dry sense of humor and I love him. Which is very British of him. It is very British of him. Very British. Um, well, and then there's the other thing where Luke tried to take Oliver home and he woke up in the morning to Advil on the bedside and fully clothed. And he was like, we didn't have sex. What happened? And it's Oliver's like, you like, were shippies. Yeah. And he's that's like, weird. He's like, I wasn't, there wasn't consent. I No, that's not going to do anything for me. Yeah. He's like, but I knew. And he goes, no, absolutely like, that's not, not. That's not the same. And they kind of realize together that they have feelings for each other. And it takes them forever to just say it. And they have separate mental breakdowns about it. Do you which know, I think is interesting. Do you remember that meme of the stick figures where the guy is, like, shoving the two stick figures together and is like, just kiss. Yes. Yeah. That was me the entire <laughs> time. I was like, just kiss. 
That's how I feel about people in real life, though. I have that meme saved on my phone somewhere. I was trying to find it last night to send it to you and be like, this is how I feel. <laughs> but, but I like, find it. Fair. But it was fair. like, it's true, because the entire time you're like, oh my god, just talk to each other. And then they finally do. And then Luke has so many feelings. Like, so many feelings. Yeah. And he doesn't know how to process them. And they finally talk it out. And Oliver convinces him to just, you have to tell, talk about your feelings more often. And He's like, listen, this is starting to feel real. Yeah. And at that point, so Oliver won't kiss him because it's too intimate. Right. And they don't have sex just for the sake of having sex. They have to have feelings. And then all of a sudden, Oliver kisses him and he's like, wait, 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 wait. What is happening? Why are we doing this? And he's like, I have feelings for you. It feels real for me as well. But they don't talk about what's going to happen at the end. I feel like Luke probably assumed that it was just going to be okay. To continue. And it was like, they would both be like, oh, yeah, this is great. Let's keep seeing each other. It'll be real now. Whereas Oliver was like, no, we put a deadline on this for a reason. Mm -hmm. You know that we don't work as well as we should and all this stuff. When it was really his own insecurities. Yeah. And then, well, and it all starts out with, they go to the crap party, the Beetle Drive. (laughs) <laughs> crap, party. crap party. I'm sorry, but this is turning into a crap podcast. I feel like it's so funny, <laughs> <laughs> so bad. Oh my god! They, all of our conversations. They go to the party, and then they go to the anniversary for his parents, and they have that huge blowout with Oliver's parents, and then you know they talk about their feelings in the car. Luke is having an easier time. Of, I don't have to go sit in the bathroom with the door closed, leaning against it to tell you everything because I can't see you. And he even asks Oliver, he's like, do you want to go to the bathroom? Like, is that something that you need to do? Will that help you deal with this? And Oliver's like, no. No. (laughs) But they talk about it and, you know, he asks, what do do you need? What can I do for you? And he's like, I just really want a bacon sandwich. He's like, but I can't have a bacon sandwich. He's like, no, I can do that for you. Luke is telling him, I can make you a bacon sandwich. You didn't buy the bacon. I bought the bacon. I'm the unethical one. They have the bacon sandwich. They have the sex. With with ketchup, by the way. Ew. The British really like ketchup. If you're listening somewhere in Great Britain, us Americans don't like ketchup the way you guys do. We do like ranch. (laughs) We do like ranch. Y'all don't have ranch from what I've heard. You have to, like, special order it. And I feel really sad for you because ranch is the shit. Ketchup here, it's not. But... In the morning, Oliver gets dressed and breaks up with him and says, it's not working. It'll never work between the two of us. I gotta go. And Luke is heartbroken again. And he was Luke like, just keeps getting punched in the gut for this that Poor baby. Yeah. Poor thing. The entire time I'm going, Lucian, no. It's sad. And he is like, well, how, how am I supposed to get him back? How am I supposed to, like, he doesn't want me anymore, all this stuff. And his friends are like, listen, it's not you, it's him, and you need to understand that, and you need to get him. So, okay, so Luke ends up doing three grand gesture-type things. The first one is when he goes to ask for Oliver to take him back at the beginning, and he's it's like, raining. <laughs> it's always in the rain. It's so funny, though. And so that was the first time when Oliver's like, don't even bother, because you bailed on me, and whatever. And then they go across the country mm-hmm. 
to <laughs> spend all of her at a hotel, and then he's not even there. He's at home. And, so, and then Luke's like, just take me home. It's too difficult. And his friend's like, no, you're going to go. You're going to confess your feelings. And then you're going to kiss him. And he's like, no, like, this is a terrible idea. And they're like, well, we're here already. So you have to. So he shows up, and he's like, are you with his friends? And Oliver opens the door and is like, why are you here? What are you doing? And he's like, I don't know. <laughs> and, then, well, and then Oliver shuts him down again. And I'm like, oh, poor Luke. Just, he can't catch a break for anything. Yeah. And then he goes home, and then Oliver shows up there and is like, I was wrong. So much happened. Yeah. It was, I think it explains why the book itself is so long. Yeah. But it was all important. Yeah, there wasn't any part of the book that I was like, oh my god, this needs to go away. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, and then, well, we have a lot of problems with the fact that Luke feels like a failure through all of this. No matter what he does, he feels like he just, he's not right for anything. He fails at everything he does. And he says it a few times. Yeah, and it's so sad. Where okay, so like his actions are what make him feel like a failure, whereas Oliver's feelings about how others view him make him feel like a failure. And it's like neither of those things are really failure things. No, it's all perception. And then you have people like Alex Twaddle <laughs> who are like, "Well, you're just awesome," and he's like, "What?" <laughs> Thank you. Alex's perception of people is just a little different than the rest of ours. It's so confusing. <laughs> he doesn't know a In lot. In the best way possible. It's good shit. Um, let's see. Can um, I talk about how I told you that my weird random favorite name for a character is Lucian? Yeah, what the fuck? Okay, first, you told me that, and I was like, why? But then I remembered I was reading some web comic thing, and the main character's name is Lucian, and I was like, that's weird. Also, um, to the British, no, we do not pronounce it Lucian. Not all of us. I don't like that. Some people do. I don't I, like that, though. I pronounce it Lucian. Because it sounds big. Yeah. it's And it makes more sense with the spelling. Yeah, it makes a lot more sense with the spelling. Yeah, I don't know why you would want to say Lucian, especially if you're going to say the nickname is Luke. No, it's Lucian. It's just how it is. Whatever. I just loved it. I thought it was great. And then the other one, you know, Oliver's name is Oliver, and the cat's name is Oliver. I thought they didn't call him Ollie in the book. I feel like that. Well, was they called him Ollie like twice. It was his brother weird. being a dick. Yeah. See, that's rude. And I don't call my cat Ollie. Not often. I usually call him fucker. Well, that's not very endearing, is it? No, but it's because he is a fucker, though. If you think about it. Uh, let's talk about the different types of love that um, Luke's mom talks about at the end. So she doesn't say she doesn't explain it very well, but I know that it's something that we kind of discussed. And um, if you think back to like our beginning podcast episodes, mm-hmm. we talked about um, like family love versus romantic love versus friend love and all this stuff. Um, I don't remember what book we were talking about that for. Oh, God, it's been so long now. I know, it's been a very long time. But um, I've been podcasting for almost two years. That's so weird to me. It's very <sighs> strange. <sighs> but, um, but we were talking about the difference because they're very, very different mm-hmm. types of love. And so you have, like, this familial love, which would be, like, your kinfolk, um, people that you are, in general, told you're supposed to love. <laughs> You don't Even though you to. don't have to, um, you're, like, told you should. 
And I was like, your parents and your brothers and sisters and whatnot. And then you've got romantic love, which would be, I mean, that could be like sexual love. It could be emotional, rom- romantic and emotional love. It just depends on your connection with that person, mm-hmm. which is why when people talk about like their love languages, yeah. I just think that's really interesting because it's very specific to that person. And then what was the third one that I said? Friendship. Your friendship love. love. And even that has like varying levels, I think. I love, I, I have love for all of my friends, and I think I love some of my friends more than I love other friends. And it's just based yeah. on how much time I spend with with those friends and how often I talk to those friends. And how much you have in common, I think. Because when yeah. you start not having things in common with people, it's much easier to kind of feel that, kind of let go. Yeah. Whereas there are other friends where you have a lot in common with them and it's like a maintained relationship in that you do things that you both like. Yeah. And that is like a deeper connection. Well, and his mom explains this because he, Luke has a lot of love and it's a lot of different types of love and he doesn't fully understand that. Uh Uh-huh. Definitely. And she explains it to him because he doesn't understand her relationship with her friend, Judy, who's a riot. That whole story about going to see a man's bullets. (laughs) (laughs) It's ridiculous. He tried to convince her to take the roosters, but she wasn't having it, so she left. Mm -hmm. She was like, no. Um, But... He has that question. He's like, you know, I love... She says, I love your father. I love you. I love Judy. And he's like, are you having a lesbian relationship with her? Like, what's going on? She's like, there are different types of love. It's not all the same. Um, I think that's kind of where he realizes that he can like his coworkers. And he can love them for all their weird eccentricities. Especially Alex. (laughs) And he can love Oliver and he can love the rest of his friends and he can love his mother and he doesn't have to love his father because his father is a dick. Yeah. And I think that that's something that we've run into in real life. And I think we've talked about before that we do have friends that do not know how to differentiate between friendship Mm -hmm. versus romantic love. Yeah. And it makes them very, very uncomfortable. Whereas then like within my not immediate family, Mm -hmm. like with my in love, that's so weird to comment. But I guess he is. Um, He's like brother-in-law's brother. Yeah, which is a confusing way to say someone I'm not related to yeah. at all. But like, then you have those people who it's like friendship, love, and familial love are very much present because you're around yeah. them so much, or you've had a lot of life experiences with that person. Whereas our other friends who don't want to understand I'm gonna say want to I think it's a choice I think it's a choice yeah between like the romantic and the friendship love they won't tell anyone that they love them I am very open with a lot of my friends and I tell I have one friend I tell that I love every day I tell her every day I love you and she tells me she loves me too mostly it's because I've done something ridiculous because a lot like Luke my life is also a mess and I'm a hot mess most of the time and so I'll say something and she's like I love you and I'm like Oh, me too. What did I do? It's because I did. I said something stupid. Um, and I think that I kind of show my love for my friends a lot differently between my friends. Oh, I a hundred percent. I very rarely tell people I'm not related to uh, that. I love them. Yeah. And um, we have never outwardly told each other that we love each other, but we know we do. It's not something that I say in general. I say it in response to others. Yeah. Um, 
Only if I do love them, of course. Like, I don't just say, it, just say it. But I... You and I think... Don't. When, when it comes to, like, our friendship and mm-hmm. our relationship and that, I think that you and I are more apt to say, I appreciate you, and yeah. that's how we show it. I think that's that's probably right, because I think for our friendship, for our relationship, I think that we value most in each other that we're competent humans Mm -hmm. and that we value what we're capable of versus, you know, other things that you would say you value in our other various relationships. Because we have a lot of different relationships and I would say I love all of those people. Oh, yeah. But it's very rare that I would just tell them constantly that I love them. Yeah. Like, me and Wilbet tell each other we love each other all the time. But that's different. And, like, he'll be like, hey, love, how's it going? And it's completely different than when I tell, like, my sister, like, hey, love you. Yeah. Bye. You know, whatever. That's, like, and that's it's, the same with, with... It's very different. Me talking to Brittany and saying I love her. Yeah. Versus when I tell my sister I love her. Versus when I tell Emma I adore her. Because right. I don't know that Emma and I will tell each other every once in a while, I'll send her a text if either one of us are feeling a little bit down. I'll just say, hey, I need you to know all the reasons why I love you and here's why. And we just list them out because we're not overly affectionate as friends, uh-huh. but we do like to hear those things. See, I'm not overly affectionate as a as human. A, as a human. Um, one of my students actually said to me <laughs> this past week, are you just not very sensitive? <laughs> and I was like, it's not that. <laughs> oh, no. so I don't outwardly express it when I'm not in like a private moment. But that's, like, a thing. Like, I also feel that the more I outwardly show how much I love a person is a direct response to either how much they show me Mm -hmm. or how much I think they need it from me. Yeah. And I think that's one of the things that, like, my sister and her husband and his brother, um, varying degrees of letting them know that I love them in different ways, and I'm the most verbal with with Wilma. That's just how it is. That's because we feel like he needs it the most. He's a precious baby, and he needs not hurt my hair out, but I adore him. Yep. And I think that it's important to remind people that you see not accept that very easily to remind them that you do love them, whereas we have our other friends who, if I'm like, love you, they're like, no. Okay. <laughs> like, known you for seven years, but cool. Yeah. <laughs> but they don't even say it to their, their longest friends, no. which I think is interesting too. Be- and not, and it's never been, well, that's a gay thing or whatever. Cause it's between males. There's no internal homophobia. It's not there. that it's, it's like, I only want to ever tell the person I'm marrying that I love them. And I'm like, but they express why? it. They express <laughs> it in different ways. So like, for gestures, our, definitely. Yeah, for our group, like, if we were to have a situation where one of our cars broke down, we have a whole group of dudes that would show their love and appreciation for us by coming to save our asses. I have separately called three people <laughs> in our friend group to come and get me from various things. Yeah. And never once have they let me down, no. which is a great, awesome, big deal kind of thing when you are living your own life. Yeah. That's not intertwined with mine. The whole point of this tangent. <laughs> it's a very long tangent, it's very but long. it's all about the different kinds of love. Yeah. The whole point of it is that Luke needed to understand that there was more to the types of love than I just think people in general love. need to. It was something that I often argued um, 
a lot with B-Face about. Yeah. That you are always capable of being friends with people without falling in love with them. Yeah. Which is a weird argument for me, of all people, to make. Because I always say I could fall in love with anybody. But we also knew where the line was. Yeah. And definitely. And we didn't want to cross that line for various reasons. Well, I would never say that, like, I tried to start romantic relationships with, like, every man or male that I was friends with. That's not a thing. No. And I think that's something that maybe Luke was confused about, too, thinking that if you're going to be friends because his other gay friends were married or they were Tom, who's bisexual, and and he he had hooked up with. He he had been dating Tom, and Tom left him for Bridge. And so I think that was a confusing point for him because he was not seeing that there were other outcomes. Well, and he felt like because of all of that... He stopped being bitter about that idea, too. Thankfully. I was like, good. But I feel like a lot of that had to do with him feeling like he was a failure and not understanding what the different types of love were and yeah. not understanding where relationships go and how they work. Definitely. And I think that Luke did the most growing out of everyone in the book. I think so, too, which is very fitting because he is our protagonist throughout the entire book. And, yeah. I mean, Oliver is, like, a real close second character. Um, but they needed they needed that growth and that opportunity to help each other grow. Because that's really what a relationship is about. Being, like, bringing out the best of someone who brings out the best of you. Yeah. And I think that often, especially, like, 2020 for some reason, people are, like, forgetting that. Ugh, it's because 2020 is the worst, and everyone knows it's the worst. They're just trying to act their worst. Listen, stop being a dick. Wear your mask in public. If your child is not wearing their face shield at a Target, tell them they need to, because that was ridiculous today. Okay, but face shields do nothing. (laughs) Thank you for sneezing in your face shield. It just went onto it. Now you have to pull it up to get it off, and now you're just, stop it. Put a mask on. Bad time. Wear a mask. It's frustrating. But I think a lot of what's happening right now is that everybody is in this weird, like, we're all stuck at home. We can't really do a lot of anything. We're all missing socializing and, like, true romance more than I think anyone thought we would. Because everyone gave millennials so much shit for hookup culture Mm -hmm. and Tinder and Grindr and OkCupid and all the dating stuff. Um, But then suddenly that was gone because you can't be around people if you're on lockdown in certain places. I was going to start dating at the beginning of all of this. I still contend that that's not real. <laughs> because I didn't openly discuss yes. it with Kat. It doesn't exist. Yes. But I did have a thought where I was like, you know, I think this is the year that I might start dating. And then 2020 exploded. So that wasn't yeah. fine. And I think it's, we went from people encouraging each other to hook up as like, take control of your own life healthy path kind of bullshit. Fuck the patriarchy, do what you want. Which I kind of get, and I kind of still think is weird. But then we went to the complete opposite of you're not allowed to leave your own house. Yeah. For a while, and you shouldn't be talking to strangers within six feet of yourself, you know? And so we're all now feeling this, like, awful decline in loneliness of, like, but I miss my friends. But that doesn't mean you get to be an asshole. I know. It just doesn't. I know. There's, there's no way for me to have met anyone organically over the last year. <laughs> there's just no way. And that's my only uh, goal. If anybody wants to have a weird online relationship with me just so I can have some form of human affection, whether that is online or in person, that'd be great. Um, please. <laughs> I just, 
I'm lonely. <laughs> Not like sad person lonely, but I'm lonely. And it's one of those things where it's like everyone's kind of throw themselves into work and then mm-hmm. suddenly you can't work. <laughs> You're like, oh. I feel like all I do is work and then sit in this apartment. Oh, it's, that's my life. That's all I do. I go to work. Well, not anymore because my work got shut down. But I would go to work and I'd be there for like nine hours a day. And then I'd go home and shower and eat. And do it that all. was kind of it. Do it all again. And you get into that rhythm of like, well, this is done. I live here too. I live where well, I work. I don't know. Like, I used to live like five minutes from my work. And it was great for certain things. Like, I could go home and eat lunch. I I was running late. It wasn't a big deal. Like, that kind of stuff. I I don't ever want to work where I live, I've decided. (laughs) And I also don't ever want to marry someone who works where I work and then I also have to live with. I don't think I can do that. No. I don't. I don't think that I would be in my healthiest mindset. No. Anyways, we got really sidetracked, so we're going to go ahead and do our rating. So, um, one out of five stars. What do you rate boyfriend material? Um, it's a difficult one to rate. It's hard because we don't have a lot of comparison for it. I had a hard time rating it last night. I. Do you want me to go first? No, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go four point five. Okay. Which is funny because that's what I just rated my, my last book, too. But I feel that there were some things that weren't tied up at the end. Mm-hmm. And for such a long book, I it feel was like very, it should have all been in a pretty nice bow. It was a very open ending. Yeah. I don't care that there wasn't in-your-face sex scenes. No. I, we've discussed that we do enjoy the sex. But it doesn't have but to be there. it's not a requirement to enjoy the book. If the story doesn't require on-the-page sex, we don't need it. And there is a section where Luke says, I'm not even going to tell you about it because that was just for us. Yeah. And that implies, like, the making love stuff. And that's really fine. And that's fine. Um, I, so that's not the reason why. I just think that there are some loose ends that I wanted tied up better. Okay. Like, I wanted, like, a mini scene and an epilogue where John Fleming is photographed with a male stripper or something. I don't know. Something 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 crazy. To get back at that motherfucker. Yeah. I'm or so you know, something something where he gets his just desserts. Because I know it wasn't all about him, but he was such a terrible character that I wanted something to befall him. Yes. Um I gave it a four point two five. Okay. A lot slightly of, smaller than my four point five. Yes. And the reason I gave it that is I didn't feel I liked it. First off, I liked it. Oh, okay. I was like, you didn't feel you liked it? <laughs> no. But you gave it a 4.25. What? what? <laughs> no. Um, I liked it, but I didn't feel like it was going to be my favorite book ever. Okay. And, and we've had a lot of, like, hot contenders yes. the last, like, month or so. Yes. So I get it. So I had a hard time getting into it. Uh-huh. Um, because of the writing style at the beginning. Yes. Um, because it did feel very meta for a while, where I was like, this is how we all talk. This feels very strange. That, like, that, like, drifted out of it, though. It did. Because at the beginning, I couldn't handle it almost. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, it's going to be a long book. And then it was fine. Yeah. It took me It took me a bit to get into it. And then there were the loose ends. You know, at the end, it was a very open beginning, open ending. And I was just like, can I have? I just want to. We still got our happily ever after. We did. Which we always look for. Yes. But I, I feel like it was one of those ones that I needed just a little bit more from it. I still liked it. I still enjoyed it. You said when we started this that you liked this more 
And oh, you like yeah. red, white, and royal blue. Yeah, I do. <laughs> I will still say that I like red, white, and royal blue more than this. So to be fair, they're very different books. But they're still very Like normal. one is like a coming out story. Mm-hmm. And this one is more of a... Coming to terms with who you are story. Yeah. Like, aside from the gay thing. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, um... I just... I felt like the characters in this book for me were more relatable. Okay. And I felt like... Because they felt the, more real. They're more tangible people. Yeah. Like people you wouldn't know. Untouchable people. You yeah. know what I mean? And I think that was the main difference. Because Red, White, and Royal Blue is still a great book. I fucking love that book. Still a great book. I, I just, still stand by that book. That was a good book. We just read, um, shout out to my friend Beth, my twin. Um, we both just read the Thanksgiving turkey scene for Thanksgiving. It's so good. Because it's fucking funny. It's so good. But yeah, I just, I feel like this book was more entertaining for me. I laughed more in this book. Because Alex Twaddle is an idiot, and it was hysterical. God, it's so good. I would, so like, on Instagram, someone was reading Red, White, and Royal Blue. I told you, because I was being stupid, I told you it sounds like I responded to some stranger's story on Instagram. <laughs> like, who am I? But I do that too. And um, I was like, oh, that's such a good book. I really hope you like it. And I'm not saying this person will ever listen to our podcast, but I am going to be that person that recommends this book. But, like, dude, you should try this one next. That's fair. That's fair. I, I definitely it's think it's a stranger, it is but it's also the internet in 2020. What what could happen? What could, what more? He won't answer me. Um, okay, so that is uh, the end, and that's the last book for 2020. Happy New Year. This is coming Side out. Note, you New may Year's be Eve. getting our, our uh, Christmas card. Oh, right holiday card now because uh, now because you know shipping. Uh, so we're has actually great. <laughs> we're recording this on Sunday, December thirteenth. So um, shit's weird right now, but I hope you guys had a happy holidays. I hope that twenty twenty one treats you better than twenty twenty did. If it treated you like shit, like the rest of us. And if you were brave enough to like get your hopes up for twenty twenty one, let us know. Yeah, because I feel like we are really jonesing for twenty twenty. And then it was just terrible. It was a shit show. It was awful. So, I mean, if you were brave and got your hopes up, tell us about it. Yeah, reach out to us. Because I want to know more brave people because I don't feel brave right now. You can message us. You can email us um, however you want to get a hold of us. And also, just to give you guys a heads up, we we just did five months straight of podcasting. And we are going to be taking January off. Yeah. Um, I feel like with everything that's going on here in a bit, we need a little bit of time to recoup so that we don't burn out. Um, 2020 has been weird. We've been saying it all year. We're going to continue to say it until it's over. So um, be on the lookout in February when we come back. We've got some new things that are going to be coming up. We are really excited about all of those new things. We're starting a Patreon Um we're stoked to see what we're going to do with that. Hopefully you guys really are into that too, because it's going to be some work. Um, but stay tuned for February. Um, we don't know what we're reading next. God, I hope it's bad romance month for February again. Oh, do we want to do bad romance month again? But how bad do we want it to be? I've got some. Oh no. I've got some. Oh, it's going to be a fun time. God, I hope it's good. So uh, with that being said, we want to wish you all a happy new year and a prosperous 2021. And remember, bad bitches, read romance. Bye. Bye. Bye.